Good evening once again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cousins for Christ, where we're just three cousins that like to get together and talk about Christ. Joined once again by my cousins, Jeremy Hall. Hello. Christopher Mash. I'm the good looking one. Jeff, and it's good to be back with you guys. <laughs> yeah, Chris is probably, I don't know. So we're doing he this thinks he's the most attractive. <laughs> we're doing this on vanity today? <laughs> yeah. We may That's touch on week's. that. <laughs> now, what we're actually going to talk about tonight is a pretty important topic, and that's how, as Christians, we respond to those who are not Christians, even those who are unbelievers, uh, atheists, agnostics, people who don't believe in Jesus Christ and his ministry. Yep. How do we approach those people? What do we respond? How do we respond to them? Uh, what are some techniques or things we can do to uh, possibly bring them around to acknowledging Jesus Christ? Um, so ought to be a pretty practical topic for discussion. What is agnostic? Agnostic, what I understand, Jeremy, an agnostic is someone who doesn't necessarily disbelieve in God, but they don't believe either. But more importantly, they feel like there's no way to ever truly yeah. know. Where... They believe something's out there, but it's no defining. There's no, like, it's this yeah. God or, or X. They just, there is a higher power, but they're not really sure what it is. They're just not willing to commit. And what about atheism? Atheism is just the strict, like, there is no God, there is no higher power. Okay. Basically, the uh, the Big Bang Theory, we just were created out of matter and energy from an explosion, and there's okay. nothing really guiding us. I wrote down something that I read that I think is pretty interesting yeah, about atheism. An atheist believes, first of all, okay, there's four points there. That nothing produced everything. Right. That non-life produced life. That randomness produced precision. And chaos produces order. What do you guys think about that? I think that's... Kind of yeah. Well, it's all. I was saw something the other day about how nothing. Like if you go and you're talking about that, how does nothing create something? Nothing is nothing. Like your vehicle out there. If you were to believe atheism and their theory or lack of a theory, rather, on how if nothing produces everything, all the different components and the chips and the electrical parts of your vehicle, every part of it, Chris, uh, just happen to come together in that particular order. Yep. Now imagine our world, which is a million times more complex than that. And those who don't believe in a higher power think that just somehow this just happened. The, the beauty of uh, creation and nature, just it just happened to come about. And when you start thinking back like that far, but, but what produced that? There's got to be a causation, something that was there. I would think so. Are you asking you know, me? I'm asking yeah, anybody. We're God. Well, God, <laughs> and that concludes our podcast for the evening. <laughs> uh, okay. No, but I mean, I don't know how you go from nothing. How does chaos something. produce order? I don't know. You've always heard that out of out of chaos comes order or something like that, which doesn't make any sense. It's never made any sense. It to just, me. I mean, think about all like the moon and the tide, the everything about the earth, its rotation. If it's off by just the slightest amount, life doesn't exist. I, and you think chaos created something that's so balanced? I just help. I can't help but look around me at times and just I'm, I'm in awe of God's power because I am a Christian and I believe that Jesus and, and God exist and that God created everything. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know how people can really, uh, it's almost like taking the easy way out, isn't it? Kind of the lazy way, like, uh 
I don't believe in anything. Here's my thing. I'll be honest. I don't think that half the people that call themselves atheists are truly atheists. I just think they don't like God and they hate God. It's because they don't want they want to be able to live free and do whatever they answer. want to do. It's easier to to do what you want to do when you want to okay. do it and not have to worry or like have any repercussions for for what you what you do. But you're also living without hope. I got a four word phrase that I think kind of encapsulates what Jeremy just said. You often hear, I'm spiritual but not religious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would you hear that, that a lot. Oh, you do. I call you that do. new age. It is. So what does that mean? It's uh Avoid it. Uh, 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 <laughs> Avoid it. Avoid it. Well more or less. Swipe left. <laughs> Spiritual I mean, that, uh, that means with, a, I guess there's a God. Does but, that go uh, with agnostic? Just religion to add the religion yeah. part on, does that mean I actually have to actually obey what something says? And well, you, you drive fast, so I drove past this church in in, in uh, Bellevue yesterday. That they're playing basketball. They have an arcade in there. They have like strobe lights and all these different lights. This is in a there. church. This is a church. It's right next. It's, it's like a gaming hall. Basically, yes. There's this, and and I'm just like uh, my girlfriend was with me, and absolutely, my girlfriend was with me. She goes, "What is that?" And I said, "That's a church," and she goes, "What?" That's a church, and I go, yes. I said, it's for the people that just want to have a, a good time and not really hear a message. They're just there to have fun, play games, do all this other stuff. And that, to me, is is when you bring up I'm spiritual but not religious. That to me would be a kind of seems like to. that, doesn't it? Yeah. What games do they have? Just out of curiosity. I don't know. They had a little <laughs> basketball hoop. They had basketball inside and out. And yeah, it was crazy. May not see, but they're, they had a very for the right strobe light, which was yeah, it was weird. I think a couple of things that keep people from really maybe being religious or even people who claim to be Christians and who claim to be pious, two things stop people from actually fully committing to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's because to fully commit to Jesus Christ, I think requires one behavior modification. Yeah. yeah. Two effort. The behavior modification and the effort are two things that a lot of people absolutely refuse to do. They don't want to change what they're doing guys. Well, here's the thing. It's Doug. so much easier, like, to find that religion or that feel-good spirituality that encompasses what I'm already doing, where I don't have to change, I don't have to it, try to strive to be better. Anyway, I, I, the, the behavior modification—it just comes naturally, though. I mean, I never once thought I got to do this. I have to do this. No, it just comes naturally because you want to do it. You Do you think that, that like, comes through study, Jeremy? Yeah, I think it comes Knowing closer. Knowing that the Word of God is God well, talking to us. Believing in it. it the, the bigger relationship you get with Jesus, the closer you want to get to Him. Okay? And the more you want to be pleasing to Him. It's kind of like pleasing your parents, you know? Well, it is. You, you're going to do things that please them and make them proud. It ain't like a lot of people look at it as like, I don't want to change, but I'm going to. But It ain't a want to. It's just, you just... You're just going to because that's the right thing. You don't do it because you need to. You do it because you want to, I should say. Yeah. Does it say anywhere, though, in the Bible where God loves you just the way you are? You don't have to change no. a thing. No, it doesn't say that. Just, just call on the I name of God, God and, and you're does saved. God does love you the way you are, but, but your relationship <laughs> with, with God. Will you that's... be saved, Chris, the way you are if you're in a state of no. sin? No, not not at all. And I'm reminded by the verse that says, not everybody, Chris, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Correct. 
And people skip that. People skip that verse all but the you, time. People who were spiritual but not religious would have you believe that. That as long as I call on the name of the Lord, it's all good. Even though I haven't changed one single thing about what I'm yep. doing. Or maybe I've only changed those few things that I wanted to change. But I'm not fully... No, that, I'm going to hold that for myself. That, yeah. that brings me joy. And I, I, he'll be fine. Though. Or he'll be fine. Or don't worry about it. God's still working on me. I got a long way to go. Well, I mean, that's that's all of us. There's a long way to no, go. No, but I'm just, just saying. Well, nobody's yeah, doing exactly. I've known like, I've known Christians that would imperfect. maybe dabble in a little smoking of sorts, and they'd be like, ah, oh, God knows I'm not perfect. He's still working on me, and yet you're not helping him. He you may know? be working on you, but are you working on yourself? Are you yeah. meeting God at least somewhere down the road trying yeah. to change yourself? Because God knows that even if you're working on yourself, you're going to be an imperfect being. And it's through Jesus Christ's salvation and well, His grace through His blood and sacrifice that you're going to have that opportunity. But When you're dating, when you first start dating someone, first going out and you're just casually dating, you might look at other people. But the more you grow in that relationship, you're not looking at other people anymore. You're not wondering what if I was to go out with this other person. Your focus is on that one person and you want to please them and respect them. So you stop doing those other things you did when you were single and first started dating. Yeah. I mean, it talks about casting off your old life. It's very clear in the Bible multiple yeah. times, casting off your old yeah. life. That's Taking on a new body. Yeah. <clears throat> a new, yeah. Our sins washed away. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the that's one of the central points of, of atheism is that fact that there is no God, there is no judge, I can do what I want. All right, Chris, let's get into the, the meat of this. Yeah, buddy. How should we handle talking to non-believers when they question Christianity? First and foremost, that you see this all the time online and, and in, in conversations and stuff. If you're coming at someone that is a non-believer, you're not going to get anywhere with just arguing your point and coming at people heated. Do you think there's a little bit of diplomacy? There, has, needs to be there has to be. There has to be a respect level. Otherwise, all you're going to try to do is, is prove your point. And remember, you got to come at somebody with, with love. But uh, you can't back point. off, right? You cannot. You can't back water off. down the message, though. Correct? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But there's got to be a way. Jeremy, go ahead. You kind of got to start off this way. If I'm talking to someone and they're an atheist, let's start off with a simple question: If God was proven to you right now, would you follow Him and worship Him? And if their answer is yes, you got something to work with. If their answer you straight out no. That is a heart problem. If God were proven to you right now, is that yes. what you if said? He showed up and said. I've, I've talked this. to atheists, and I'd be like, before we get started in this, if God was to show himself right now, would you follow him and worship him? And they would outright say, no. There's no need to talk to that person at that moment because they're, they're closed off to it. Does that remind you a little bit about when Jesus came, was born and came to earth? The Messiah had been prophesied. Mm -hmm. Yet, during Jesus' time, many of the Jews, and even today, refused to acknowledge yeah. him. Oh, yeah. And we got to know going into these conversations, too, some of these people, they don't they, they know you're not going to prove it to them. You're not going to change mm -hmm. their mind. Their only goal is, is to upset you and show you that you're not that good a Christian to begin with. So when you're talking to somebody that to you, just trying to make you mad, they, wanna, they start using terms like, forgive me for this, Sky Daddy, 
I remember oh, my really gosh, insulting. There's sky Daddy. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, that's their name for God because it's imaginary sky I'm daddy. a few years older than these guys. But uh, there's so a I've guy. never heard that. Yeah. I, I struggle. There's a But they're trying to make you mad where you'll slip up and start yelling at them or cussing at them and something you shouldn't do. And that's some people you gotta go into this. That's why you need to ask beforehand, hey. If God was proven right now, would you follow? Because they're not following the why you having this discussion with them because their just only goal is to make you look bad. Exactly. And a lot of these atheists that we're going, we talk to, they've read parts of the Bible just enough to make someone that has not read the Bible. How many look people bad. do you think are a percentage, if you would, of uh, people that are atheists? Anybody have a clue? All right, so they say anywhere between 17 and 35% of Americans are atheists. Wow. And that is Maybe growing. even up, up to a third. Up to a third, yeah. and that's growing. Because you find when you start looking at like the demographics, and we've mentioned this something before, that it's starting to get, it used to be around 50-50, it used to be more than that. But as, as the years go on, it's it's dropped less than 50% overall. There was a, a study done, one of our guys at church had, during one of his Wednesday night classes, it mentioned that, I don't know, this was a poll done just a few years ago, but it's getting where near 50% of people don't even acknowledge that there's a hell. They acknowledge God, God's love, but they don't acknowledge that there's actually hell. And I've mentioned this quote before where people said, well, you know what, Chris, I may not get to heaven, but I sure ain't going to hell. I've heard that. Was there, is there an option C? I'm like, is there an option C? That Where, what's the I other one, man? Because I, I, I might be intrigued. I'd well, like to hear what you got to say. Any place <laughs> without God in it is hell. That's that's. And you know he, what? That makes me think. There's no such thing as darkness, Chris. There's only an absence of light. Correct. God is the light. Yes. So without Him, it is darkness. And that and that is another question. And I don't know if we've mentioned it or, or something, but an atheist question. Sorry, I'm kind of going off of our list. Is like. If, if there's a God and he's all loving, why does he create a hell? And one of the best responses that I've seen to that is there's a hell because just like you had said, hell is for the people that live separately from God. You don't want to be with God. You don't follow God. So you don't want to be, you don't believe in God. You're not going to live with God. Hell is for a place that lives separately from God. And something to keep in mind as we go out throughout this discussion, God made us free moral agents. Correct. We have the ability to choose. Correct. God would rather us all be saved and come to repentance, but well, that's the purpose. it's up to you. Also, God didn't create hell for us. He created hell for the fallen angels. And it just so happens that when man fell, they just, you don't accept God. It's a God separate... doesn't put anybody in hell. You put yourself in hell. You have a choice. No, and the ultimate definition, when they come to the definition of love and like, why did God do this? And why did create, like... God created beings because the greatest form of love is if you choose to love him, right? Yeah. Yeah. If he's just created beings to worship him, then what, there's, that's not love. He just created us to worship. Yeah. Well, he gave us free will to make these decisions. And, I mean, you see how those decisions have gone from the first men down to, to where we're at <laughs> okay. today. So talking, you know, following up with how do we handle talking to unbelievers? When we do talk to them, do we need to have all the answers at that moment? No, I don't think I don't think anyone has all the answers, and I think it's it's okay. Just like we say in all all of our like episodes or podcasts, is open up the Bible. 
And it's okay, like, if you're not ready or, or you feel like, all right, well, that conversation, I didn't feel like I did as well as I should have, that drives you to go study more so you're more prepared for the next time. Yeah. If you work with this person, I know a lot of people work with people that are, are non-believers, and they have a question for you. Don't feel obligated, like, oh, I need to know this answer now. <clears throat> you don't need to know that answer now. No one has all the answers except Christ. <laughs> but on the flip side of that, if you're thinking about becoming a Christian and you're holding back because you're like, well, I just don't know enough. Don't let that stop either. Yeah. You don't have to have all the answers then either. You don't. But I would say this. Uh, I've had this experience where if you've never read the Bible and it's an atheist approaches you, for your own interest, don't. Don't engage. Don't engage. Because they've probably read more of the Bible than you have if you've never read it. And they're going to make you look bad because there's some things in there that they can just cut and Edit a little bit, and if you don't know what's in there, you're not going to know where to go with. You're like, what? I'm going to confuse you, you know. Well, they've already got their argument. Uh, that up. argument has been hit on and hit on and hit on. They've got it practiced and worked, and I guarantee you, they've done a, <clears throat> approached five or six people with this argument that it's worked on, and they're just keep going. And that's why usually when you get a good answer, is you don't hear from that person anymore. <laughs> if they're just trying to disprove. Now we're not talking about the ones that. Where they were questioning, like, whether it's true and if they would accept Christ. You know, if they want to have an honest discussion, just do it lovingly. And, and you I'll, don't need to have all the answers at I'll that I'll say moment. the answer that I would give for number one, just circling back that we've left that one, is how do you talk to somebody? You go into it with the goal of not to be right, but to draw them to God. Exactly. To plant a seed. Exactly. Would you say humility and meekness would be important attributes in yes. that discussion? Yes. Yeah. Understanding, so. understanding where they come from. I mean, not being argumentative. No, not I mean, taking the. Be, uh, it's an easy topic to argue because we. Be, I mean, when I think about atheists, they're the exact opposite of what I am because I believe and they don't. Yeah. And I want to come. At, you know, you get defensive. Somebody insults God. You, my you first can. thing is to be defensive you, you about should. it. You would, but if you go at it with a meek attitude. You know, yeah. And that that love they see in you, Chris, maybe what. It may uh, change it. Their heart. And remember, when you're talking to someone, don't go right at the sin parts of the Bible. No. Introduce them to Christ first. No, and it's easy to point out what other people do wrong, and because but we all fall short really? daily. Yeah, daily. Absolutely. I mean, uh, that's <clears throat> okay. Another question: How do we know the Bible is translated correctly since it's been translated so many times? <clears throat> I'm assuming this is a question that may get asked from an a atheist. lot, and a I lot. think we've touched on this one. We uh, did on the very uh, first podcast a long time ago. You can't find it on Spotify. We never moved it to Spotify because the quality was very low. Because yeah, they. I mean, they had said, "All right, well, how can you trust a document or, or a book that is written by so many different people?" Mm -hmm. And one of the 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 greatest proof that it is is. Because it was written by so many different people and the message never changed. It never contradicts each other. You have, you know, you look at the gospel and the four stories yeah. all correlate with each other. Plus, yeah. if you had one book that was controlled by one person, they could change the narrative oh, yeah. however they wanted yeah. to. But instead, you've got all these different sources, thousands and thousands that. Wasn't there many versions? I mean, there's, many copies found throughout the throughout. world? Here's the thing it's actually embarrassing how many ancient manuscripts we have of the Bible. We have over 5,000, almost 6,000 ancient manuscripts compared to some of Shakespeare's work who came on years later of only having 600 to 700 copies of the, the manuscripts where 
people don't realize like, oh, the Bible's been changed and translated by man through the years. Here's the thing. It hasn't changed. We still have those books. Besides the fact that there's some words that are translated a little differently, but they're words that are not like no, no. that change the message. The method, the message yeah. is consistent. Well, it, it, for one, I've heard say, oh, this word was never in the Bible. Yeah, because the Bible was wrote in Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. It was not put in English. <laughs> right, right. So, And I so mean, none of these words were in the original Bible because it's all in English now. So that's the argument. That's, uh, I mean, it made yeah. sense to me that all the copies match each other. Well, here's the thing. So when they wrote these out, they didn't have a print press. And so you'd have to have a scribe who would copy them down. And so what they, one scribe might do, he may have got tired. He might left a symbol off, right? Say an S off the end of a word. And he might get that. He's like, well, is that right? But here's the thing. You've got so many other copies put next to 10 copies where the other nine have that symbol or that S, we call it. On there, you know that that guy just made a mistake on that one copy because they're printing them by hand. You know, which that brings that brings up a good a good point on this is all right. So another argument about the Bible and its authenticity is how long after Jesus was crucified was the Bible started written? Like, did they start writing down? But it started way before Christ. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, the New Testament. I apologize. Well, the New Testament. I mean, some people will put it. 30 years after Christ at the most, not even that for Paul. You know, we, we know that Paul died in like 70 something. So his letters was before that Christ died around 33 or so. So exactly. So there's an argument that says, yeah. why did they wait so long to start writing it down? And then the people, the explanation that they gave to it was like, because you had so many people that actually witnessed it yeah. and they went around preaching it. And what people say, well, that's still, why did they wait 30 years? You had to be rich to be able to write yeah. back then. It's not like you have a piece of paper now. You had to go get yeah. papyrus. You know, you had to have like all these all these things that come together just to write something down. So when the people started passing away or, or dying off, like the apostles mm-hmm. met, and then that's what it was. That's for. when they started writing it down. Yes. They wrote down their stories and, yes. and things like that. It's not like today where no, you just go print it, it out. Was past a hundred and two. Right. None of it. If I've never read the Bible and I'm an unbeliever, how do I know what you guys is, what y'all are saying is true? Well, you can look history. it up. History. How do I know? Like, okay, you, you just said that the New Testament started getting written about thirty That's years after the it. histories of of the people that documented this whole time period. Yeah, it, you got to go off eyewitnesses. Okay. So I don't off, know anybody that was alive back then. Off, okay, here's the thing. I, that's a good question because I've had people say, how do we know Christ existed? <laughs> I feel like it is. Because of 500 eyewitnesses that seen him rise, rise from the dead. And they're like, 500 of his friends? Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Who do you think wrote about Alexander the Great? His friends. Right, <laughs> was around. right. Who do you think was writing around George Washington? Do you think they had cameras back then or radio oh, stations? George Washington. Washington. <laughs> and, what if he... Uh, who do you think wrote about these disparage him. You know, I might write something bad about him. But the fact that... And they that, did write bad things did. about Christ. They did say he was a rebel. He was But think about all of that and the consistency of the book that we have in front of us today is what it is and yeah. has been throughout the centuries. Yeah. Is, and here's the thing. They had just found the Dead Sea Scrolls, some new ones here recently. And they found some back in like 1946. And guess what? These Books had books like Isaiah and all these other ancient books. And guess what? They did not change. They were all the same from two, three thousand years ago as they are now. So the Bible has not changed. There's proof out there 
You just gotta want to find it. Now, if you don't want to find it, you won't because you're not looking for it. No, Chris, anything else on that? No, I think that's Jeremy. No, I'm good. What about you? No. All right. Another question you might get asked: <clears throat> What evidence is there that Jesus existed and was resurrected? Over 500 eyewitnesses. I think we just touched on that, too. The writings. Uh, Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10, kind of describes that. So if we believe that the Bible is the true and divine word of God, I have a first-hand account there of it. Uh, All through history, we go off eyewitnesses from ancient past. Like I said, Alexander the Great, we're taking on what those people saw. When you go to, you know, any past history in Egypt, guess what? We're going off writings. That's what we get everything That's how from. It's documented. We've never had a problem with this. And here's the thing: when somebody said, "Well, how do you know Jesus?" If I lied to you right now about seeing Chris or Jeff raised from the dead, the first time you hung me upside down on a cross and whipped me, guess what? I'm gonna be like, I made it up. But they didn't. No, that's true. The first cupcake with hell. Yes. (laughs) The first cupcake. Hey, we must get them cupcake jokes out, remember? (laughs) But it's kind of like this. (laughs) Hold on a second. Wow, that's funny. That's pretty good. But the apostles and the disciples and the people that witnessed Jesus' life and resurrection, they didn't get rich. You didn't see Peter or Paul start buying all these condominiums and start renting them out because of all the money they were making. They lived poor lives. I mean, Paul even Terrible had, lives. Yes, Paul even went back to make money as a tent maker to help support and feed himself while he was ministering to things. And the deaths they led from the beatings and everything, the stonings, and one of them was, you know, Peter was hung upside down on a cross because he didn't feel worthy enough. Paul was beheaded. Only well, one died of old age. John. John <clears throat> died of old age. So about Paul? Should we strive to be poor? We are told to take our riches and go sell them and give to the poor and take up our cross and follow. I, I Should we try to be poor if we're rich? Are we in bad shape? Oh, well, I think everything that we do, and I think it's something that we do miss on, and this should be a topic, too, for another day, is, is how we use what's provided to us to serve others. Yeah. Because here's the thing, if, if you're you're never really going to be poor if you believe, because you'll always be taken care of. Yeah. If you follow, that's just, what he says, there's promises. Just a discussion, club. just no, a thought question. That's a, that's a good, good topic. Like, If we're filthy rich, are we actually doing enough to help other people? I, or if I we're mean, doing what we should I, to help other people, should we always kind of be at some If you're giving like back Paul? to the community and to the needy, I think you're fine. You know, if you're getting rich and you're getting only that your community, you know, getting more of is cars and houses and living in excess. Yeah, live a you know live a humble life. I mean, God did many references of God telling them to sell their riches and follow Him. Yeah. So, what was your answer to the evidence that Jesus existed and was resurrected? Witnesses. Uh, Witnesses. Witnesses? Trust in the witnesses. Like, so I tell somebody that's never talked to, known, read the Bible. There's well, many there's witnesses. They're gonna be like. There's many references where? of Jesus in other religions too. There is. Okay. Everything Muslim, from the past like, you lived in history. Guess what? You learned that from eyewitness accounts. How do we know Genghis Khan existed? Eyewitnesses. Is faith involved in this? Yes, and it's and it's. Yeah, should you be. should. Have to, 
Well, you have faith that they're telling the truth, just like you have faith that somebody didn't lie about Genghis Khan. I have faith that Genghis was alive. <laughs> I do too. I never I met him. And nobody, you I don't know, know ever did. Nobody will ever question <clears throat> that. But when it comes to Christ, they didn't want him. But here's the thing: is like most even atheist scholars will admit that Jesus existed. Existed. They might just have a question whether it is. <clears throat> was he raised from the dead? What do they say he was? He was a, uh, or even like Jewish uh, Ben Shapiro described him as a, a rebel. Yeah, a rebel at the time, not a prophet, yeah. but a, or maybe a prophet, but not the second coming. Okay. Another question that you might be asked when you talk to a non-believer: Christians don't know the real authors of the four gospels. We do. We know who wrote the four gospels. I thought it was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We do, but here's the thing: is that. No one que- no early church <laughs> yeah, father questions the authorship of these books. It took 2,000 years later for us to, some people to be like, oh, we, how do we know they wrote them? How do we know they I wrote them? I question the author of Hebrews. Well, yeah, because nobody knows who wrote it. <laughs> but these are actually, no, we know that John wrote John. We know that Luke wrote Luke. Luke was actually considered to be a very good first century historian, even though he was a physician. And we know these books were written. We know Matthew wrote. It had to be, Matthew was wrote for the Jewish people. And he was a Jewish. He would have been educated enough to know these things. We know who wrote these books. There's Basically, no question all the arguments it. are is, you weren't there, you don't know. Exactly. And that applies, but they don't like to hear it when you say, like you brought up Alexander, Genghis Khan. We weren't there. No. We trust the trust writings. the witnesses did lie about it. Correct. And you know what the difference is? The witnesses of Christ all died brutal deaths. At least 12, 13 of them did. I guess <laughs> at some point, never turned. you got to take a leap of faith and it's believe faith. that the Bible, as you know it, is the divine and inspired yeah. word of God. And you and you mentioned faith. And, and <clears throat> I've seen this question a lot as well. It's like, all right, if God really wants us to believe, why doesn't he just show up and prove himself? He did that. He did that. Yeah. Jesus Christ did that. But they're like, why don't they show up today? Why don't they make this easy and show up today? But the, but the part of love and part of this, too, is on our end is the faith aspect of it. Believing what we've heard, believing what's the word, and having faith in it. Faith is, I don't know how many times faith is mentioned in the Bible. I don't either. But it's, <clears throat> we'll look that up. But faith is, is what you bring up. Is, yeah. is That's part of our relationship with God is the faith in what he has. What do you got, Jeremy? Oh, nothing. I, was, I would comment. I, I've heard, actually, Christians that would pl- prove, like, oh, if we found the Ark of the Covenant— we would have proof. Well, here's the thing. No one in the Bible does it said that you're going to have proof. It's all based off faith. Would you really you believe even if you faith. found somebody found them? No, I'm just, just saying this is like a lot of people, you know. Oh. You go through them like, oh, they're always looking for something. They're always looking for Noah's Ark. They're always looking for the Tower of Babel. They're always looking for the Ark of the Covenant. Because I've actually talked to people like, why are you wasting your time? If you preached about Jesus as much as you par- preached about the Ark of the Covenant, you know, you would get to more people. And their response was, because if I, we had proof, they would know. It never says in the Bible that I'm going to give you proof. It says, by faith, you're saved. Well, didn't they have We're prophets back get... in the day that, that wouldn't they even did. believe? And wasn't it the rich man and Lazarus? Mm-hmm. The rich man and Lazarus. Where uh, he wanted uh, Abraham he to wanted send back somebody to Lazarus. help his brothers. Yeah. And uh, he's like, to well, the prophet's was... already there, man. Yeah. He said, "If they won't have, listen to Moses and the prophets, they wouldn't believe somebody risen just from the dead." Comes back to y'all's point. Even if we brought somebody back from the dead, and you know, people still probably wouldn't believe. And, and here's the thing: going back to 
Go ahead. All right, good points, guys, on that one. Uh, another question. Now, this is probably one that uh, you may hear a good bit. Uh, the question, if God is real, why is there so much suffering? For example, why, why, why does, if God loves us, why does he allow children to get cancer? I mean, the easiest, the, the true answer is that we live in a fallen world. We were given an opportunity when he created Adam and Eve to live in a perfect world free of disease and evil and, and, and everything that, that, that happens to us today. So when they ate of the fruit of the tree of the life of good and evil, you know, they, they forfeited that right and men fell. So everything was perfect and without sin because God didn't create anything sinful. I mean, here's the part in, in Genesis, uh, Genesis 3.17, and I'm just going to read the part that he says to Adam. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree which I commanded, uh, which I commanded you, you must not, eat, must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it and all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since, it was from, it, since from it you were taken... For dust you are, and dust you will return. We're all made mortal. We're all promised a hard life. He, he's, you know, he speaks of, of, of women and painful childbirth. Um, but we that was made, brought on by man. It was brought on because we have free will. Yeah, and, and you're not going to change your mind on this anyway. Um, they're just trying to get you in a spot when they do ask these type of questions. Here's a good example. Say, would you think God should destroy all evil then, because I've heard us say, oh, why doesn't God destroy all evil? Because if God destroyed all evil, there would be no one left. <laughs> no, we're all inherently... You know, every one of us, you might consider yourself a good person. In God's eyes, you fall short because his in His eyes you, is perfection it takes to get to God. We're not perfect. Only Christ was perfect. Yeah, you might only told a little lie, but guess what? If you told a little lie back when you was you know, 20 years old or you stole something, right? Just because you've changed and you don't do that, that doesn't pay for that past sin, okay? If, if you robbed a bank and 15 years later they found you, you'd be like, yeah, but I've, I've worked at the children's hospital. I've, you know, I've helped the elderly cross the street. I've done all these things since then. I haven't done it since. You're still going to jail because you did wrong and your good deeds does not pay for your bad deeds. No, there isn't a... There isn't a uh... A weighted system for that. No, it's not. But, but God, God, when man fell, God cursed the ground. I mean, he, 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 we fell, and that leads to the tornadoes, the you know, the pestilence. Why do children but, get cancer, Chris? I want to know that. But it's just <laughs> we live in a fallen we world. We live in a fallen, imperfect world where this is caused. Like, I mean, humans aren't perfect. The genetics of humans aren't perfect anymore. You know, it's it's yeah. fallen. Every system that we have is fallen. It's, and it's true. It's a fallen world. That's it's, the only thing you can say. You're not going to convince them otherwise. They're just trying to trap you. Just know how to respond best you can, and that's it. We're in a fallen world because man is not perfect. We brought sin in the world, and sin spreads like a disease. I like to think of Isaiah 55, <clears throat> excuse me, verses 8 and 9, too. When we question things that happen, we have to remember that God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. So we're not always given the answers. We don't always know why bad things happen, other than we do know that mankind brought the 
sin into the world. And God does himself, not but. purposely come down here and cause. I don't think he gives so-and-so cancer. No. That's not how this works. No. We have in a fallen world. And here's something, too, that, that I think about. It's actually giving me more peace with, with, peaceful, with people's deaths. And we don't know what happens to people when they die, right? We, we follow the word. We, we've had that conversation about suicide and, you know, what's in their mind. But sometimes I think, like, when someone may pass away before you think it's their time, that might have been the moment where they were good with God. Maybe so. Maybe. And it could be a point that they were taking because he knows the rest of the I, I don't know. But Something I me. think about, too, when somebody dies, I think about, you know, of course, those of us left behind on this <clears> earth are going to miss them and we're going to be sad. But I especially think this, when it's kids or uh, an adult who's a Christian, I'm like, well, imagine their joy right now. That is. Yes. Imagine that the fact that they've gone on to their reward the thing that they have wanted the most in this life that they work toward, now they have it. Is let me ask y'all a question. Is it bad of me when I see something like that that I'm like they are the lucky ones? No, I don't think so. Let because me ask this they question. Have a home in heaven? Is it wrong for me to look forward to my own death? No. I, I mean I'm, I'm not, so like, I don't think you're, you're looking forward to your death. To I think you're looking forward to being with God. That's I I look at this life, Chris. Uh this life is imperfect. God is perfect. He made everything perfect. But the things around me are imperfect. I'm imperfect. And I look forward to the day when I can be with God and things are absolutely I think, I think that's the best way to say it. Looking forward to the day that we can be with God. Because yeah. sometimes when you say, like, I look forward to my death, and I know you don't say it or mean it like that, there's still work for us to do. And that's right. There is still work yeah. for us to do. Every day we're on this earth, there is still a job yeah. for us to do. I never see a kid that has cancer and it's like, oh, they're lucky. I don't think you meant no, like no, that. No, okay. no, Making no. sure because <clears throat> no. once they've passed, you just think I'm just like, they're doing good now. Their pain is gone. They're with God. And and it's hard. And at that point, I'll start no, I'm praying, not praying for, for like little kids. No, I know, cancer. I know that. Yeah, I just wanted to. No, I'm glad you clarified that. That's yeah. not what I mean. They're like Chris is thinking it's good. No, is that what he meant? <laughs> no. Okay, guys. But um, I mean, it's it's a hard question that people ask, and they they want to yeah. know that they if you know if God's all in all control, which they don't believe anyways. But that's a way they'll try to trap you. Yeah. We got one more. Uh, how is Christianity credible? When it's full of hypocrites and evildoers. Because the world's full of hypocrites and evildoers. Show me one. What does the hypocrites and evildoers have to do with Christianity other than... We're all evildoers. You'll find... Um, Romans 3.10. There are none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 is that we're all going to sin and fall short of the glory it. of God. Correct, but they call those hypocrites. You have to fight and you and you have to fight the false shepherds or yeah. you know the false the false sheep. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Too. Well, somebody calls you a, a hypocrite, of... says the church is full of hypocrites, so that's fine. Come and join us. We got a membership open. <laughs> you're not coming to church to be with perfect people, you're coming with church church to be with But in a hypocrite people, somebody yeah. who isn't necessarily someone who falls short in sins, but someone who claims to be something and then knowingly is doing something else. If is you that get a, a hypocrite? Yeah. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, if you see somebody's like, I'm perfect, I don't sin. 
bad person is a hypocrite. Or like they, they, and they get up and they them. make a crusade about, well, I, I think this is wrong. You'd never see me doing that. And, and there, secretly, <laughs> you see them do it all the time. And there are people, we have to realize, too, that, that Christianity is made up of, of men, imperfect people in a fallen world. And there are hypocrites that will look down on other people for their sins. They think they're, okay, well, I'll just do this, but that person over there, they do that. Yeah. They'll make everybody else the same and that draw, and we'll, oh, That's one thing. That 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 pushes people away. Well, I think we all do sin. We sin. Every we day. all Every day. do evil things. I mean, Chris says more than me, but... but that's what Christianity is about, is by being a Christian and following the word of Jesus Christ, we know that we can have forgiveness of those sins. Our salvation comes through Jesus Christ, yes, regardless think. of what we do that is bad. What it, you know, if we do God's things that are evil, we and just, like Jeremy mentioned, we're never getting into heaven on our own good works. That's just not going to happen. Right. So, and if you come across somebody that starts questioning you with these quiet type of questions, remember this too. Jesus at one point told his, you know, disciples, "Hey, you get to a town and they don't accept you or your word." Leave, and as you leave the town, take your sandals off and knock the dust off of it. Yeah. Some people you're not going to convince, and you just got to accept that. You can still work on them and just drop every once in a while, but you don't want to push it down their throat if their already heart's already hard towards it. Just bring it in and gracefully. You don't, you don't need to let it put you in a position where it, it, it draws you away from God either in, no. a, in a certain way, because we're supposed to meet with love. The Great Commission tells us to go out and preach and try to convert as many people as possible. So it's our it's our duty to, to try to help these people. I agree. I yeah. mean, it only makes us strong. But, I feel it only makes us stronger. It makes us study more. But if they're doing nothing but just turning, trying to upset you, it's okay to take your sandals off and knock dust off. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Well, hey, good, great discussion. Enjoyed it as usual, fellas. Uh, Jeremy, uh, where can our uh, people out there want to hear us? Where, where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook, Cousins for Christ. We have our own page. Feel free to follow, leave Please a comment. Like and follow. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, most of the major podcasts. Um, hopefully, in the future, YouTube. I'm still working on that. That's probably a few months away before we get to that, though. I got to set up a page. <laughs> and then you might be. Actually, I'm gonna look at our faces. That that could be frightening. Yeah. So. <laughs> but um, for y'all, not us. You, you can find us anywhere the major podcast is, and Facebook. And please give us a follow. Give us a like. You know, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, please. That helps us reach other. People it does. Too, it gets it out there to more people. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who've reached out to us and, and to let us know that uh, you you've been listening to us and you're uh, enjoying our content, we we really appreciate it. We we thank you very much for that. We oh, do yes, appreciate we it. We love every one of you. It means a lot, and, and hopefully we're doing doing God's work here. So I yes. think that's our common goal for I hope sure. So. Also, this atheist one right here, it's not going to be the last time y'all hear us talk about this. There's I so figure many questions. Or, there's so many different questions. Every couple months or a th- few months, we might drop one of these in. So if you have a question that you would like to hear us talk about, put in or, a, a question that you hear and get asked all the time. Or a point of view that you have that helps or, or yeah. something. Because I think we've all experienced someone yeah. in our lives. That, These questions tonight were just ones that we experienced ourselves. If yeah. you're not experiencing it, you're not getting out there and beating the brush yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, anyway, no, guys. That was uh, a good one. We appreciate thanks it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate y'all's input. Yeah. Would y'all like to close out in a word of prayer? Sure.
Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to come here to gather together to discuss your word, to talk about your, your son. We thank you for all the blessings in life that you've given us, but we most especially thank you for those spiritual gifts, namely your son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth and died, uh, that through his death and resurrection that we might have the hope of eternal life one day, that we can spend eternity with you. We thank you for this, Lord. We thank you for all those uh, that are out there listening. We ask you to hold your hand over them, to be an influence in their lives, and to guide them and to help them and to strengthen us all as only you can. As we go out into the world again, Lord, throughout the rest of this week, Lord, give us the strength that we need to resist temptation, to be the shining light that may be helpful to other people, that uh, they may see you in us that we may try our very best to follow your example and, and be what you would want us to be. We ask all of these blessings and favors in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.